Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's good, everybody? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel and you and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Hope you guys had the best Thanksgiving vacation. I, like, I, I would never miss this show for the world, right? Like, I feel like when it's the day, the show after the rivalry game, you got to be there. You know, like, it's, it's the most important show of the entire year. You got to be there. Wouldn't miss this for the world. However, I am off the next couple of days okay uh and then i will be back in studio on thursday with you guys diesel carlos with a k uh will be rocking it out with you for the next couple of days and i will see you guys on thursday after today but let's absolutely have a blast for the next three hours shall we let's do just that before we continue with our commentary we need to hear from one of our own one of our best it's Crazy Ralph, noted Gamecock fan, and I can't imagine he's too pleased today. Crazy Ralph, great to hear from you, my friend. What's good? Yeah, I've been waiting all day for this call, but let me let me let me backtrack a second here, D. So one of these days, man, I'm get, I want the call for the co-host when Mark's out of town, man. I, I'm expecting that call one of these days. I want it, man. I want the shot. You got to give me a shot to come in there and, and do the two-man game with you when Mark can't be there. You understand? Think about it. Give it some thought there. Now, listen, back to this Clemson fiasco. Let me tell you something right now. I've never seen Clemson begging us to beat them like they did last Saturday. We had three quarters to score 10 points, and we ended a disaster of a season with a high note against our rival, and we couldn't come up with 10 points over the course of three quarters. That score should have been 7-6 to six at halftime if it wasn't for that scoop and score and then that ridiculous interception that we should have had that went right through another defensive back's hands and led to three points for them. That's what that was, 10 points right there. But I digress. As I predicted before the season even started, Rattler folded like a cheap sweater in a game that mattered. Was he under duress most of that game? Yeah, of course he was. However, he had chances to make plays. And other than that throw in the second half, that one throw where he threaded that needle and hit that guy, he consistently threw behind receivers all game long. That interception he threw the second series, he put so much air under that throw. I don't know if he was throwing that to Joe Morrison or Jesus, but it surely wasn't going to any receivers in Willie B. Horrible, horrible, but not not unexpected. 
I expected that from him. Spencer rattled. Heck, they'd never had run that, never had to run that razzle dazzle to score that first touchdown if he could have just hit the receiver in stride. I'm sitting there talking to my, my kid, and I'm like, can you believe we got to run the razzle-dazzle to get one yard against Clemson's defense? I say good riddance to this guy. Good luck in the draft, whatever round it's going to be, third, fourth. What I do know is he better save that sign-in bonus because uh, he's going to get cut, and we're going to be watching him in the XFL. Mark it down. And Mr. Beamer, Mr. Crocodile Tears, I got so choked up during his post-game presser that I puked on my dog. This guy is phonier than Mob Albert's hairpiece. You've been saying it, and I agree with you, Mark. We fans, we deserve better than what Tana and Beamer are force-feeding us. We're just so satisfied being losers that anyone who tells us he loves USC and it's his dream job to coach there gets a lifetime coach-like crap card, and I'm sick of it. We had a shot. We had a shot to go get somebody. There was a Drizzler, there was uh, a Kiffin, there was, uh, uh, what's his name, Chadwell out there. But instead, we go and we get this guy, and we just love him. The more crap he shovels, we just love it because we're so butthurt after Spurrier leaves, after he gave us that taste, guys. He gave us that small appetizer of national relevance. Now we're willing to marry the girl who hit every branch on the ugly tree just so we won't be left at the altar again. What a pathetic fan base we are. I, for one, am sick and tired of being Ray Tanner's helpless cellmate, and I am through spending my hard-earned money watching a million-dollar coach who can't develop talent, doesn't game plan, and doesn't win more than five games in a season. Guys, I've got nothing else to say. I'm spent this season. I'll just talk to you guys after signing day. <laughs> There's always two or three of the best lines you've ever heard that come from. Get ready to Rap. hear this guy's phonier than Marv Albert's haircut. Yeah, hairpiece. Yeah. Oh man, uh, Crazy Ralph. Listen, buddy, I can tell. Can you tell as well that Crazy Ralph just sounded a little bit worn out today? Like he's worn out. The, the whole experience has just worn him out. You know, and uh, like if you're a Gamecock fan, guys, like you can understand why this is confusing to you. Right, because it's like Beamer doesn't piss you off at all. Beamer is loyal to you. He loves you. He loves being a Gamecock. This is the most difficult situation for a Homer Gamecock fan to be in. You know, like you want nothing more for Beamer to succeed. Right? And he's just, it's just not happening. He's just not doing it. My biggest fear for South Carolina as a program is that they keep giving Shane Beamer chances Every three or four years, he wins you eight, occasionally nine games, and you never move on. You never strive for better than that. On the Florida standpoint, Diesel, I'm uh, like, you know, like my feeling on Napier is his floor is going to be five and seven, which he was this year, and his ceiling is going to be nine and three. And I'm waiting for a bunch of Gator fans to hit me with, I told you so, Mark Ryan, when I've, I've said from the beginning, the floor is five and seven. The ceiling is nine and three. I think when you're evaluating whether you have the right guy, you look at the ceiling, not the floor, and you say, the ceiling, is this good enough for us, right? If yes, you've got the right head coach. If not, you need a different one. Okay, if I told you the ceiling for Shane Beamer at South Carolina is nine and three, 
you might say to me, you got the right head coach, right? At Florida, if the ceiling is 9-3, and three, you got the wrong head coach, all right? Floor is 5-7, and seven, ceiling is 9-3. and three. That's how I feel about Billy Napier. Um, I feel like he's a conservative head coach in an area that wants offensive ingenuity, creativity, right? Um, you know, like Florida fans expect – Shark Tank worthy ideas on offense, okay? And uh, you get 1960s football mentality with Billy Napier. It is way too many Will Muschamp remembrances watching this uh, Billy Napier experience. So you guys ultimately have to decide what you what you want, right? And it's interesting. You know, we told you this year the honeymoon is over for Shane Bieber. Honeymoon is over. What what happens now? Where do you go from here? Will Muschamp was fired in year five with a record around 500. Okay, the, the record for Will Muschamp when he was fired at South Carolina was 28-30. and 30. Okay, so record right around 500. Had he won one more game, it would have been 500. Okay, Beamer right now is 20-18. and 18. Like, are there different standards for each? Okay, because... I'm here to tell you guys, I'm here to tell you, like I'm not seeing the improvement that you typically see. And realize, folks, that I've studied this. I've studied this. Coaches who are going to become stars pop in year three, okay, in almost all the cases. Well, Mark Ryan, what about Steve Spurrier? Didn't pop until year six. What about Shane Beamer's dad? Didn't pop until year seven. There's always exceptions. But you don't typically get six years in today's day and age, Frank Reich didn't get one, <laughs> okay? Didn't get a single one. So, it to me, if I'm a Gamecock fan, it's disheartening that in the year where everybody, where uh, most stars go forward, Beamer went backward, and that is worst season. Let's get to J.D. in Simpsonville, who is up next. What's good, J.D.? Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. You know, I'm a, a little bit shocked that uh, we're not hearing more Clemson fans calling in. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting this to turn into a, a, a Gamecock cry fest, so I'm not going to cry about it. You know, we played like crap. It was absolutely terrible. It was embarrassing. I think you mentioned a, a, a sputtering car going like 30 miles an hour, so I felt as hopeless as like someone 100 yards away trying to jerk this person out from in front of this slow car. And there was just absolutely nothing I could do about it. I mean, it was just absolutely awful to watch. And unfortunately, I didn't have the luxury of turning it off this week like I normally do. Um, but Mark, I also wanted to tell you, too, I will not give Clemson any credit for taking the bowl eligibility away from us. I, my friend, give it straight to the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators are the ones that stole bowl eligibility away from us, and it was not the Clemson Tigers. So maybe that'll stir the Tigers up to call a little bit. There you go. There you go. Hey, J.D., thanks for the call. Diesel, we got yes, a request. Go. We got, yeah, appreciate the call, J.D. Thank you very much. Texter says, um, Crazy Ralph is the GOAT. Please post that call on social media. It what shall do you be say, done. Diesel? What do you say? Uh, let's do that, man. Uh, that's, that's a call that every Gamecock fan needs to hear. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. Great job, Crazy Ralph. Great job, indeed. J.D., good to hear from you as well. Let's get to Jason in Columbia, who is up next on the show. Hey, Jason, you're off sides. 
Hey, Mark Diesel. I guess I'll uh, fill the role here that the previous caller was asking for is the, the Clemson fan calling in. Hey, man, uh, like you said, it's almost like we throttled our car down into the, you know, I mean, whatever. I'm not a gearhead, but it was basically a neutral for most of the night. Um, I actually started to have a few flashbacks, Mark, because in the first half, I'm like, did Brandon Streeter get on the headset? I mean, just run the freaking ball, dude. Just pound the rock because, it, like you said, it was obvious we didn't have it in the passing game. Um, and and I was so disappointed. The wide receivers, I mean, not only is it Cade, but this is the third year in a row, Mark. When we went down to Columbia, like the year that you got here in 2019, you know who the starting receivers were for Clemson? T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and Amari Rogers. Okay? How about that? And so – Ever since then, the last three times we've played these guys, we've basically had, like, one starting receiver that can go. And this year it was a true freshman, Tyler Brown. So, I mean, eventually that worm has to turn. I know it's being addressed in recruiting. Hopefully it gets looked at in the portal. And then hopefully we just don't get injured every freaking season. But regardless, I agree with you. Cade, I mean, we need a quarterback competition in the worst way. Uh, the, the crazy thing, too, is I wonder if you agree with this. Cade has speed in his legs to be a weapon, and he was a weapon running for 50 yards Saturday night. But he looks like he's running on marbles or something. I mean, it's like he he makes a beeline for the – did you see him? He ran over two of our own blockers on some of those runs. I mean, just nails them in the small of the back. Uh, but, you know, look, this game is always a line of scrimmage game. I thought, like you said, I was frustrated that we didn't hit the ball or throw the ball into the end zone a couple of times. Certainly that was a frustration. But I never felt threatened by South Carolina. And that's crazy because Rattler is such a talented dude in Leggett. I mean, did Leggett look like he wanted to be on the field after Wiggins came up and put that hit on him? Not at all. No. I mean, I was so impressed with the physicality. And it's, the, it's a mixture of you've got some seasoned veterans, uh, the linebackers like Trotter Jr. and obviously Wiggins is a, a junior. But you've got those freshmen in the secondary. You've got those freshmen like Peter Woods and T.J. Parker. Dude, Spencer Rattler and Mario Anderson, they're going to have nightmares about T.J. Parker. What an impressive true freshman. And I give Rattler credit for getting up. I couldn't believe that we only sacked him twice because he looked like he was getting nailed on every play. But this, I mean, I I empathize with Crazy Ralph, and obviously I have fun because I'm a Clemson fan. But if I was a Carolina fan, dude, I would be so sick of, you know, Shane Beamer and the waterworks. I mean, this dude cries more than Dick Vermeil. It doesn't matter win, lose, if he barely beat East Carolina on a last-second field goal, if he just got whooped in the Palmetto Bowl. This guy cries at the drop of a hat, and I just don't think that translates. And you can kind of see it with his team, man. They don't look tough to me, like physically tough. I mean, was Leggett, did he know it was actually a football game, or did he was he going out for the cheerleading squad with that outfit? I mean, I, I just, you know, he didn't play like he knew it was a football game, and I'm starting to think that's not a coincidence. So, uh, you know, hey, props to Crazy Ralph. Props to Mongo for calling in and being a stand-up guy. And, and dude, I will gladly take an ugly win 
uh, this year after what we suffered through the last 365 days. Great to hear from you, Jason. Great to hear from you, buddy. Thanks so much for bringing us up. Yeah, Jason in Columbia, you know, in 2019, Clemson had T, Justin, and Amari. Now you're out there playing Larry, Curley, and Moe, and you get nothing from the receiving core. It's funny. Shane Beamer crying as much as he is. Did he watch Bedazzled over the weekend? You know, the scene where he, he asks to be the most emotionally sensitive guy on earth, and he's crying at the sunset, and he's crying at the waves, and he's crying at the seagulls. We've got that audio. We're going to play it today. Trust me. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Diesel. I, yeah, I, I was going to call for it right now, but on the Clemson side, Clemson leads the nation in fumbles lost, leads the nation. Okay? Oof. Cade Klubnick leads the nation in dumb plays. And, you know, then you got Bo Collins out. You're not developing wide receivers. You know, like, guys, even though Clemson won, and you're thrilled Clemson won if you're a Clemson fan, right, there's a good, the bad, and the ugly of that game from Clemson, too. You know, like, in the same game, you're thrilled that your team, Clemson, won a heated rivalry game. And in that same game, you saw exactly – why you're not a college football playoff contender right now. Garrett Riley hasn't done a good job this year. Cade Klubnick looks like the second quarterback bust in, the ro- in a row. There's no playmakers on the outside. Uh, the, ride receiver, the, the, the running backs might as well be carrying a rock greased in butter, okay? And the offensive line is offensive. But we shouldn't just focus on the good things, right? I mean, it's – listen – You've got your own issues. You've got your own problems, all of which need to be resolved if Clemson is going to break this, the string of disappointing seasons by Clemson standard. Uh, but I can't wait to hear Shane Beamer cry. Here is Shane Beamer crying after a, a missed bowl opportunity uh, and after the loss. Now, Diesel, set the stage on this one for us. Yeah. Uh, so this is in the postgame press conference. Shane Beamer is uh, – He's just he's just so proud of the fight, the fight in his guys, and he's so sad that he's just not going to be able to see this team face-to-face anymore. Just their fight. Um, they're uh, Sorry, I was so emotional. Um, they're a great group of guys. And uh, went through a lot this year, the injuries, the – you know, at the throughout the year, and they just kept hanging in there. And if any team had a reason to just throw in the towel and and uh, say, you know what, it just ain't just ain't our year. You know, another offensive lineman got hurt, or we're starting another freshman on defense. Uh, um, heartbreaking loss to Florida, whatever it might be. This team easily could have, and they never did. And I know I told you guys how much I enjoyed coming in the building. Um, each and every week or each and every Sunday, regardless of what had happened the day before, it's the truth. And it's because of these um, these guys. They're just a lot, of, a lot of fun to be around. And that's the hardest thing about being <clears throat> five and seven and not getting that sixth win is not being able to spend the next month with them and all that. Come that's on. tough. Come on. Come on. Listen, you know. That's pathetic. It, it is. Dude. Like, I know it's you love so your team, weak. man, but, like, come on. It's so weak. You know, and, like, it's like, you know, he's already going into this sales mode a little bit, Diesel, to keep his job. Like, look at how close I am to these guys. Well, let me tell you something. Billy Napier gets the Gators to play hard. 
Shane Beamer gets the Gamecocks to play hard. Who gives a damn? I'd rather a talent have a talented team that doesn't always play its hardest, okay, but wins, okay? It's noble that you can convince five and six teams to play hard. Gators were five and six. They played hard. South Carolina's five and six. They played hard. All right? It's also the tagline for Viagra's new sports drink. Play hard. <laughs> it is. So, guys, come on. You know, like, I don't need tears. I need wins. Okay? Save your tears for somebody else, Beamer. <laughs> I, you know, Gamecock fans need wins. You know, you hear from um, – a texter says, Mark, enthusiasm and culture. Beamer's broad. I still support Beamer, as do most Carolina fans. Obviously, things need to get better. When? When do things need to get better? When? Year three is the year where coaches who are going to become stars become stars. Where coaches who are going to become studs become studs. It sounds, texter, are, like you're Beamer's saying be- we wish things would get better. Yeah, Not Beamer- like we know steps are being taken to get better. We just we wish things were better here. Year 3 is most often the season where you either become a stud or a dud as a head coach. What is your result? What is your result? All right? Um but Beamer is still the man for the job. Texter says Beamer isn't going anywhere at South Carolina. He's creating a culture. Mustamp Mustamp did a lousy job of creating an atmosphere of fan enthusiasm. Texter at least not going anywhere. But he's not winning anything either. You know, like when you say he's not going anywhere, that could describe your hope for Beamer at South Carolina. It could also describe your bowl plants. You're not going anywhere. Okay? You have no bowl plants. You're going home. Enjoy it. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable at Florida. It's unacceptable at South Carolina. And I'll never understand why Gamecock fans want to throw Florida in my face. Like, what, what does that have to do with you? You know, shouldn't make you feel any better that Florida stinks. I, I want Florida's coach replaced. Slashing out, Mark. They're bargaining. They're bargaining with the with the world to try to make themselves feel better by trying to bring you down. That's that's exactly what they're doing, my friends. All right. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel are with you. So what are the next? What happens next for both Clemson and South Carolina? We'll tackle that when offsides continues. We are the fan upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides. 
Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Up State, joined right now by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, um, you know, I think to me, you know, we've had Gamecock fans speak up in support of Beamer. We've had Gamecock fans speak against Shane Beamer. Uh, One speaking in support of Shane Beamer said he's not going anywhere. And I said, yeah, very clearly he's not going anywhere, as in he's not going to any bowl game. He's not going to any postseason at all. Uh, The sobs miss me with the sob story after the game. I don't want tears. I want wins. If I am a Gamecock fan, and I think the thing that offends me the most if I'm a Gamecock fan is that Clemson was able to win that game comfortably without ever being threatened, really, with a car that was going about 30 miles an hour the whole game. They beat the Gamecocks going 30 miles an hour, you know, just kind of strolling along, never really threatened, never really had to do anything that made them uncomfortable, just easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl was a win. It wasn't supposed to be that easy. Great to have you on, man. What's good? Mark and Diesel, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, glad to hear from you guys once again. Yeah, Mark, I, I mentioned today that objectively speaking, that was probably one of the worst Palmetto Bowls that I can, I can recall watching. I mean, a game that after the first quarter especially just kind of felt dead. Like you mentioned, it, it felt like Clemson, obviously, they didn't have to exert much energy to win the football game. And there weren't really a lot of big plays from either side outside of that first series in which South Carolina with the backwards pass and Clemson with the scoop and score, but a lot of that was because of the suffocating defense that, that Clemson featured. And I think you have to start there and give them a lot of credit. They're still elite at all three levels. They've got athleticism, size, speed, all that jazz. So they're still elite on that side of the ball. It reminded me a lot, Mark, honestly, of the 2021 game in which Clemson won that game 30 to nothing. Obviously, it wasn't that lopsided, but a game in which it was like South Carolina died a slow and painful death. The problem is that South Carolina didn't have Spencer Rattler or Xavier Leggett on that team. So the offensive output was inexcusable. But, Mark, I really just think this football team, and it's I think what bothers me the most is this team was what it was from the opening snap in Charlotte to the final whistle in Columbia. And that's, that's a team that had an Achilles heel, a bad offensive line. It held them back all season, you know, and and the irony of, you know, for so many games in the middle of the season, it was the offense that was carrying you and the defense was terrible. And then you you flip that script late in the year, but your offense goes quiet, right? And your defense is doing everything they can to keep you in a ball game. So uh, all in all, a, a really objectively speaking, Mark, dare I say, boring Palmetto Bowl. It wasn't, I don't think, nearly as entertaining as the game your Gators played against FSU this weekend, but uh you know, Clemson comes out on top, and it just puts the final nail in a, in a really disappointing and failure of a 2023 season for the Gamecocks. Chris, we've talked a couple of times over the last two seasons about how a quarterback of Spencer Rattler's caliber choosing South Carolina would be a good thing for the program going forward. It shows that you are the type of program that guys like that would want to transfer to. Now, obviously, we saw him ball out as much as he could behind a pretty awful offensive line for two seasons. Do you think that goodwill is now spent? I mean, I, I think that in regards to your question, I, I still think it was a really good thing for South Carolina. I think that's what you're asking. I, I still think it's a net positive for the Gamecocks. Listen, the season didn't go how anybody wanted it to go, and they've got to show a commitment to surrounding their playmakers with more health, right, whether it be on the offensive line or the receiver position or certainly at, at running back or whatever it might be. But – I still think that's a net positive for South Carolina to get a guy like a Spencer Rattler who was such a headliner 
Um, did you, you know, did you get the full ROI, if you will? Did you, do you feel like you maximized that? Maybe not, but I still think it's a net positive for South Carolina when you're talking about operating in the transfer portal and just selling to, you know, potential prospects that, hey, you can come here, have success. Because I do think that Spencer Rattler, you know, although last year, you know, 2022 outside of the final couple games was not a success for him, I think obviously him coming back was a great decision. Uh, despite the team's struggles as a whole, I think Spencer Rattler did a lot of good for his draft stock and his future. So I, I still think, guys, it is a net positive. It's, it's surrounding their top talent with other good players that they need to work on. What do you think happens there with Rattler now moving forward? We touched on that a little bit on your show last week. Mm-hmm. We both kind of agree, Chris, that we think it's better for the program for Rattler to move on and move forward with a new quarterback that you can build around, work on getting the line play together around him. If Rattler, you know, my opinion, and those I've talked to, Chris, tell me that Rattler right now has a fourth or fifth round grade, okay? Fourth or fifth round. So Rattler can either choose he wants to do that or come back to South Carolina. I mean, how how do you see this thing unfolding? Yeah, Mark, I know we talked about it last week, and what you said made a, made a lot of sense. I, I'll say that I think he's gone. I, I think he's going to pursue his professional career. I mean, you listen to him talk after the game on Saturday night, and one of his comments, and I'm paraphrasing, that was he talked about how much South Carolina meant to him in his career. And so that word meant, I think, is key there. It sounded like a guy that had made his decision. Obviously, he hasn't publicly announced anything. And, you know, could he get some, some uh, you know, feedback or what have you that makes him reconsider and, you know, I think from there it would be, okay, this is what I was getting in NIL. Is the same number still in play in regards to finances or deals or what have you? But if I had to guess right now, Mark, I, I do think that Spencer Rattler, uh, despite the opportunities that do lie for him back in college, I, I think he's going to pursue his professional career and go to the NFL draft, and, and we'll see if he's a fourth or fifth-round draft pick or what have you. But, you know, to your point, Mark, I, I think, you know, talking to South Carolina people, it's pretty well understood that, you know, it's, it's Lenora Sellers' team now going into the spring, and the, the, the Lenora Sellers era more than likely will begin in 2024, and I think a lot of people are ready for that as well. So, no, I, I think Spencer Rattler, I think you're going to see him put an announcement here soon that he'll be declaring and heading for the NFL draft. He is the host, owner, and operator of the Spurs Up show. Chris Phillips joining us here on the show. Chris, what can you tell us, as early as it is, about the outlook for South Carolina's offensive line next year? Uh, how, where are they going to be class-wise as they're aging up a little bit? Are they still going to be very, very young? What do you see? Yeah, I mean, guys, the good news is this from folks I've talked to. I mean, they, they should basically be returning everybody. Now, is that good news? That's not so good news. I think the best news is a lot of the young guys, they had to throw out their trial by fire. You know, the guys like uh, Big Tree Babalade and Trovon Bow and Jatavia Shivers, those guys are all back, right? They were prize prospects they signed. Marquis Anderson, who was a four-star guy, he'll be back recovering from injury. They're also going to add guys like Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle, who are big-time guys they're signing in the 2024 class. Um, and, you know, again, everybody else, it sounds like is good to go. Even Jalen Nichols, it sounds like a guy that, you know, could have hit the portal, could have, you know, departed, went somewhere else, whatever it might be. It sounds like he is going to return as well, as long as some other veteran guys. So, I mean, they're going to have a foundation there. I mean, I think obviously you're building with these young guys. I think you're still going to be young on the line next year, believe it or not. It's still going to be a question mark. I think the good news, those guys, is, is that you can't be much worse than you were this year, right? At least it would be inexcusable if you were. So, 
Um, I, I do think there's some hope and there's some promise looking forward to the future with the way they're recruiting. I think they obviously need to go out in the transfer portal. And I think what's scary, guys, is that there's, there's a lot of SEC schools, granted not just schools, but SEC schools in particular, that say we need an edge rusher, we need an offensive lineman. Like a lot of schools have those needs. So um, I do think the way that South Carolina has recruited that position, I think a lot of those young guys should take a step forward some of the new guys they're going to be adding and some, some of the veteran guys that should just play better football. And a lot of the guys you're going to get back from injury, right? You think about how many offensive linemen went down with injury this season. That is a position group that I'm not saying they're going to be elite in any way next year, but if they stay healthy, they should take a major step forward. We will continue with Chris Phillips of the Spurs up show right after this. And we'll ask him, should Shane Beamer be, on the hot seat. That's next here on Offsides, the show that gives you both sides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate. You know, I just had this realization. Um, like, is this is this our last hit with Chris Phillips for the year? You know, Chris, can you remind me? Chris Phillips joins us on the show. Do we do our stuff every week, regardless if it's football season or not? Or do we only do it during football season? I can't remember. We, I think we'll continue, Mark. I, I have this weird feeling there's going to be a lot of news dropping over the next couple of weeks with uh, transfer portal, early signing day. Uh, the SEC schedules, I believe, if I recall correctly, will be released December the 13th. So, um, And also, too, we got bowl games upcoming, even though they don't include South Carolina. There's a lot going on, so... No, I, I uh, yeah, we'll talk about it off air, but I, I think we should be good at least, at least for a couple more weeks. At least for a yeah, no, more no, weeks. no doubt about that. So, Chris, uh, Shane Beamer's status here moving forward. I've got a theory, Chris, that when you hear a school announce that a coach is coming back, right, that means he's one year away from being fired. And so, I'm fascinated to see if either Florida or South Carolina are, you know, prompted to feel the need. To come to come out with that announcement. Now, Napier would be entering year three. Beamer would be entering year four. And I think a percentage of both fan bases would be like, why are you announcing that they're coming back? We know that they're coming back. That means that they're one year away from being from being fired. That's what I've come to know that to mean. Um, both Diesel and I do not see how, if if South Carolina has any program expectations whatsoever, that Beamer's seat wouldn't be hot entering the 2024 season. Chris, where are you with that? I think his seat is warm, Mark. I'm not sure I'm ready to call it hot, but I definitely think it's warm. Uh, To your point, we saw this, by the way, I think a week and a half ago or so with Sam Pittman over at Arkansas. And sheesh, I think many of us thought that might give them a a, a bolt of energy going into rivalry weekend and Missouri just disposed of them. So I think we all understand that Sam Pittman is back in 2024 if things don't go well early in the season, there's a good chance he's fired by midway. So that's, to your point, that's exactly what it means. When you have to announce that your coach is back, that means he's probably a year away from the chopping block if things don't get better. But going into 2024, Mark, you know, it is an interesting, it's an interesting conversation because, to your point, at programs with, I think, much higher expectations, and I know this is a battle that you fight all the time, getting Gamecock Nation to raise their expectation level, um, at a program like South Carolina, I, I still believe that Shane Beamer gets to 2025. I, I really do. Because I think going into next year with a freshman quarterback and Lenora Sellers, with the schedule being what it is, I will be really stunned, even if they miss a bowl game. Now, four and eight or worse, 
maybe we're having a different conversation. But if they go five and seven or better, I'd be really, really surprised if they were to get rid of Shane Beamer and move off him. And to your point, Mark, about the expectations, if Billy Napier has a year like Shane Beamer had this year, if he has that year next year in year three, he's gone. We all understand that. So I think his seat is warm. And, Mark, it would be a shame. I'm going to I'm gonna say this. I hope Gamecock fans hear me out on this. It would be a shame if Shane Beamer's seat wasn't at minimum warm going into 2024. Like, your seat should be warm after a five and seven year. It absolutely 110% should be. There should be some pressure to at minimum make a bowl game. Like like you always say, there's nothing wrong with having standards and expectations and expecting more than the bare minimum. So I'm not going into 2024 throughout the offseason pushing that, you know, Shane Beamer's on the hot seat. But there's pressure. There's real pressure to get it going and get it turned around. And you're going to have question marks and the schedule's going to be tough. But excuses don't mean a damn thing in the SEC, Mark. You know that. I know that. So I would call the seat warm going into year four of his tenure. Chris, I don't know where your NFL allegiances lie, but, you know, as we're covering the Carolina Panthers here, we're all screaming at our televisions, our radios, our phones, et cetera. We can all see that David Tepper is the problem with the Carolina Panthers. The best analogous position in college athletics to an owner in the NFL is the athletic director, Ray Tanner. Why are we not seeing movement there? I mean, is is the fan base so happy with women's basketball that they're unwilling to move off of Ray Tanner? Why can't we get the board of trustees, whoever it is that, that hires and fires ADs, to see that maybe Ray Tanner is a big part of the problem with football's lack of success? Well, I can tell you, Diesel, the cries for Ray Tanner's retirement or firing, they have been out there for quite a while. This is not a new thing, so – um, and, and to your point, I like the analogy of pro sports. And admittedly, guys, I, I lived in Charlotte for a couple of years. I'm not really an NFL diehard. My dad is actually a fan of the Miami Dolphins. It just it never really stuck with me, though. Um, maybe it was because all the teams that I liked or he liked were so they were so bad. I just like I was like, I've got South Carolina. I'm good on the NFL. But uh, no, anyway, to your point, when, when things are wrong with a professional sports organization, people look at the the head coach or the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the quarterback, a lot of times it starts at the very top, right? It starts with the owner. It starts with the GM. We're seeing that, I think, right now in Charlotte. So, you know, to your point, you look at South Carolina, and I view it the same way. And, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you saw the university, uh, a new president just came on. I think that was earlier this year is when he was officially – when he officially began – you know, I've heard some rumblings that maybe 2024 is the year since he's gotten his feet wet, that maybe there will be some changes with the higher-ups and including athletic director Ray Tanner. I mean, I would say this, though, Diesel. I mean, the approval rating for Ray Tanner is, is extremely low. I mean, there, there's not a lot of folks that are big fans of his. You know, I've got somewhat of a soft spot for him because I'm a baseball guy and he won those back-to-back national titles. But in the ADC, South Carolina needs new blood. They need a change. They're behind in many facets. It goes all the way from – you know, some of the hirings, and that's obviously what you're majorly, you know, responsible with or judged on is the hirings during your time at AD, but also the fundraising side of things, the NL, NIL aspect, what they're doing in regards to that. So, you know, I think the sooner the better, Diesel, I, I really do in regards to when South Carolina can get a new AD and, and get some fresh blood in there because you're only as good as your leadership, right? We talk about that with the football program and the football team. Uh, that goes to the entire administration. That goes to the entire athletic department. You're only as good as your leadership and I think South Carolina, that's been something holding them back for a little bit now. Four words and a punctuation, Mark. Chris, can Beamer fix this? 
I think he can. Yeah. I, now, I, I'll say this, Mark. I think he can. I thought about this today. I think Shane Beamer has to grow. I, I think he has to evolve. I think he has to take a really long, hard look at himself in the mirror and, you know, acknowledge and come to grips with and accept responsibility for the shortcomings that led to this five and seven season, because it wasn't, it wasn't bad luck. It wasn't outside circumstances. This season truly was a reflection of the failures by South Carolina's coaching staff in the transfer portal and assembling the roster. That, that, that is why this season failed. Bottom line, point blank, something happened, whether it be, you know, the strength and conditioning program did not work and all of the injuries piled up. It be, they were not able to go out in the transfer portal and accurately or, or successfully identify talent to replace what they had lost. They were not able to put the talent they had in the best possible position to win, whatever it might be. Also, I think Shane Beamer, Mark, and again, I, let me echo, I, I think Beamer's still the guy for South Carolina. I think he can still be the guy. But again, he has to be willing to evolve on field and off the field. You've already mentioned this, being more of a CEO. You know what my top memories, Mark and Diesel, of this season are? They're nothing on field. They're to carry on Joiner's STFU tweet to me. They're Shane Beamer's broken foot. They're the chain gang eating hot dogs. They're miserable existence comments. And they're Beamer crying in the postgame. That's what I'll never forget from the 2023 season. Shane Beamer has got to find a way to steady his emotions and be the leader and the CEO that this football program needs. Because the super fan is going to hate everything I just said. And they're going to love the way Shane Beamer acts on a week-in, week-out basis. And that's fine. But if the, only, if, if the only requirement to be the head coach at South Carolina is to be a super fan, well, you can find some Joe Blow in Sumter or Aiken or Augusta or Greenville that will do it for a lot cheaper than he will. So he's got to grow and evolve as a head coach. We have been saying this for years, right? When things are chaotic and they're going to be the ups and downs, you've got to be able to calm the waters, steady the ship. I think Shane Beamer – I mean, guys, think about it. What do you think, Mark and Diesel? Do you think Shane Beamer did good for his image as a head coach this year? Not at all. The season was a colossal failure. His reputation as a head coach took a massive hit this season because of all the off-field nonsense. So that's got to get fixed, man. That's got to get cleaned up along with all the on-field stuff that obviously fell short of expectations. All right, Chris, so let's close with this today, okay? And admittedly, this answer is going to change. It's going to evolve just like you hope Beamer does Success for next year, Chris. I better not hear six and six is successful. Okay, I will accept. Uh, I, I think eight and four is probably the appropriate number for you know a, a fan base that is trying to up their expectations. But I could hear an argument for seven and five. Right, the schedule offers, in my opinion, four guaranteed wins: Old Dominion, Akron, Wofford, and Vanderbilt. So you're starting with four wins, Chris. Kentucky could have a new coach. A&M does have a new coach. Missouri and Ole Miss, there's no guarantee they're going to be what they are. And Clemson still has a massive question mark at the quarterback position. Um, are, are, are you where I am, 7-5, and 8-4? and four? We'll center on one of those as the mark of success for next year? Yeah, Mark, I would agree. I think 7-5 and five or better is the expectation for what we deem as a successful season, especially when you factor in, Mark, navigating that with a new quarterback in Lenora Sellers and, you know, what that's going to mean in regards to the, the transition offensively 
you know, I, I at first I thought six and six, and this was actually, you know, as soon as that Clemson game ended, right, you start thinking about the offseason and next year. But to your point, Mark, there's four guaranteed wins. I, I mean, six and six just does not feel like uh, you did much of anything, like you made any sort of progress, right? Um, so I think seven and five are better. And obviously, Mark, here's the thing. It's going to depend a lot on what do those five losses look like, too. Just, you know, you can learn a lot about South Carolina, or you can learn a lot about a college football team in regards to how do they look not just in the wins, but the losses as well. And I'm, I'm really curious, Mark, when the schedule is finalized and it drops, you know, later in December or mid-December, if you will, of how the schedule shakes out. Because, you know, not making excuses, but, I mean, South Carolina was just exposed early. And I think once they got down and got, got out and that Florida game obviously broke the entire season, there was just never a way for them to really get back on their feet and come back and feel good about themselves with a winning record or anything like that. So, but I think seven and five are better. I think that's what you have to shoot for. Have a winning record, right? Go to a bowl game, at least feeling semi-decent about yourself. You win seven games. You know, you've probably got a couple quality wins in there, I would say. Three SEC wins, obviously. Um, so, or three more SEC wins, I should say, because we're counting Vanderbilt in those four wins. So, um, and four SEC wins. I mean, that, that I think a 500 SEC record, seven or more overall wins, I think that should be the goal and the expectation for next year. Um, you know, in year four of Shane Beamer, um, six and six, it's going to depend a lot on how it looks and who you beat and anything less than that, Mark, we're, we're seriously having a conversation about the future of South Carolina football under Shane Beamer's leadership. There you go. Chris Phillips on the Gamecocks. Uh, we love how he shoots straight with us. That's why we value him as much as we do. And you'll like his show as well. The Daily Crow every single day, 12 to 2 as part of the Spurs Up Show property. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Mark Diesel, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great week. All right, take care. Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show joining us right here. And we've got the top five at five coming your way next here on Offsides. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.